Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. 
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for tuning in this evening, this morning, tonight, whenever and wherever you may be around the world. This is The Fringe FM. Check out The Fringe FM at fringe.fm. That's the network website. Download the free Fringe FM application. You can send the network shout-outs through that application or send the Secret Teachings a shout-out. Check our website out, www.thesecretteachings.info, if you want access to all of our previous episodes after they air, to download and stream them. Even if you are not a subscriber to the archive, you get access to a lot of free shows. We put up a brand new show every week on the slider bar at the top of the page, and the full show archive is there. If you are a subscriber, you can download the show and listen maybe at a more convenient time. We also have our montage archive there. And when you subscribe, you get access to my digital books. So really, getting the books and subscribing to the whole archive, and if you subscribe for one year, you also get a physical copy of one of my books. It's your choice which one you would like. It's really a great deal because, you know, basically the book itself, you know, depending on which book you get, is $25 to $28, $28, the Food Philosophy book, it's 20, the technology book is 28, and the Occult Arcana book is 38. And uh, those are free shipping in the U.S. We do ship internationally. Those books, this is my plug, those books are the way in which we support this broadcast. Endless hours I've spent writing those books, editing those books, publishing and republishing those books, scanning photos, adjusting the content and the text and the fonts and everything in between. And that's what we have um, to give back to you on top of this show. And, of course, a lot of research, a lot of time and effort goes into preparing each of these shows. And, you know, sometimes I, I get um, a frustrated listener who has, you know, maybe a little bit of an issue with how I host the show. And uh, no matter what I say, no matter how I handle that response, it's, of course, going to be interpreted as me dwelling on something or whatever the case might be, but I I just want to make really clear my intention with this show, and I might put this on the website, my stated declared intention is to bring my passion for uncovering things that I find interesting, things that are paranormal, parapsychological, things that are occult. I like to uncover and look at new perspectives, new ideas on things that are a little bit stale. I like to look at history. I like to look at topical events, pop culture or pop conspiracy. My intention is to use all of that and to use the the reading and the research that I do, 
both for fun and in prep for this show, to put together an interesting show that isn't just a typical radio show. And I want to make very clear one other thing, and this is um, by no means a, a spiteful comment. Uh, someone said that they don't want to listen to the show anymore, just one person. You know, I get hundreds of emails a week from people who love the show, but one person said, I don't like the show because you, you, Art Bell had a variety of guests on. And uh, this is what radio has turned into, you know, voicing your opinion. I thought, well, one, I'm not Art Bell. I'm not trying to be Art Bell any more than I'm trying to be Alex Jones or trying to be Sean Hannity or anybody. I'm, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. It's a hybrid of, of different types of shows and different kinds of content. I don't take a political stance on things, and I don't take a religious stance, very polarizing subjects, simply because I observe a fault in one party or in one ideological frame of mind doesn't mean that I am the other party or am of the other ideological frame of mind. My intention is to bring you interesting, intriguing, and hopefully helpful information and to do it in both an entertaining and practical way. I think entertainment can be practical. And that's what I try to do here on this show. I'm not trying to be anything except myself. Maybe I come off as a little bit angry. Good. I'm a little bit angry. I think it's time to understand that if I sit here and I read you from the World Health Organization, UNFPA and UNDP, the World Bank Special Program of Research and Development and Research Training in Human Reproduction, from the World Health Organization, stamped Geneva, Switzerland, 17 through 18 August 1992. If I read you the title of this document, this title is not my opinion. Ideology and rhetoric has corrupted our common sense and our facilities of reasoning so that we think if somebody disagrees with us, they might be entitled to their opinion, but they're not entitled to their own facts. And so one side has their facts, the other side has their facts, and they live in an echo chamber. They fight with each other back and forth. They fight within their own echo chamber to create echo chambers within echo chambers. That's not what I'm trying to do here. The headline, the title of this document from the United Nations World Health Organization and the World Bank is this. Three words. Not my opinion. Doesn't matter what your view is on the world. Doesn't matter what your view is on this subject. This is just the name of the document. Take it however you want. I don't care if you have a mental breakdown tonight and have to turn the show off, okay? This is the title of the document back in 1992. Fertility Regulating Vaccines. <gasps> Fertility Regulating Vaccines. Now, if you can't handle that, you probably shouldn't be listening to this show, as one listener has unfortunately left us because he can't deal with reality, apparently. This isn't Art Bell Radio, okay? This isn't Alex Jones Radio. This isn't Sean Hannity this isn't liberal radio. This isn't Christian conservative radio. This isn't extreme left, extreme right, or any position or any direction. This is a human being, Ryan Gable, myself, 
bringing you things I find entertaining, bringing you things I find important, bringing you things I find practical, informing you, and letting you make up your mind for yourself. This individual who emailed me thinks that I'm stuck up because I've explained personal stories on air before. You know that I explain personal stories because I would like to help my audience understand a little bit more about me personally. And I think that's the last I'll, I'll say about what this individual emailed me. But it's an, it's an interesting email, though. Because, again, fertility-regulating vaccines. Some people would tell me, that's your opinion, Ryan. Well, then why do I have a quarter-inch-plus-thick document from the World Health Organization called Fertility-Regulating Vaccines, dated 1992? And why do I have... In the annex, number one of this document, an introduction that describes exactly what the title of the document states. And the headline of this section, anti-fertility vaccines, some basic concepts. You know what anti-fertility means, right? Non-fertility, fertility regulating. Let me read you what the introduction says. Remember, this is, of course, just my opinion. I made all this up tonight. Anti-fertility vaccines are unique from all other contraceptives in that vaccines utilized innate physiological processes, immune responses to regulate fertility. Researchers began developing vaccines nearly two decades ago. This was in 1992, meaning that when these vaccines were initially developed officially, it was around the early 1970s. Two decades ago, after realizing that some cases of infertility in women and in men were due to an immune response to sperm, a response that prevented fertilization. In other words, they took a natural process where a woman's body rejected the sperm and they engineered it to create the same condition in the body through a vaccine. This is, again, strictly my opinion. I made all of it up. But here it is in the World Bank, World Health Organization, UN directive going back to 1992. It continues. And they admit, if, quote, an accident of nature could cause infertility, then it might be possible to develop vaccines to induce infertility by immunological pathways. Thus was born the concept of immunocontraception. Now remember, I am making all of this up. I am giving you not facts. I am giving you my opinion. It's all my opinion. None of it's real. And we're going to not even talk about it tonight. In fact, let's not talk about it. Let's talk about pictures of Mars. Let's talk about Bigfoot. Let's talk about guys that pretend like they're fighting aliens in their garage and putting aliens in freezers. Let's talk about that because that's more important. Wouldn't you say? 1993 paper from the World Health Organization documenting a meeting in Geneva, Switzerland, 1718, August 1992, Detailed experimental vaccines tested for regulation of human fertility. You want the document? I'll send it to you. If you haven't noticed yet, I'm being very, very sarcastic. You know, I'm having a good time here. I just think it's funny that people literally think that, you know, and I'm, I'm sure that some of you have experienced this too. People think you make it up. It's like, 
do people actually think like you sit down at a computer and you type out like what is this 40 58 pa- I just type out 58 pages with official UN World Bank logos and statements and I made I made the whole thing up or it comes off some conspiracy theory website it's like no just type it into a search engine fertility regulating vaccines world health organization world bank pdf geneva switzerland 1992 got a copy of it the document was a report of a meeting between women's health advocates and scientists to review the current status of the development of fertility regulating vaccines and annex one of the document they explicitly state that this research goes back to the 1970s to the 1970s okay that means that since the 1970s not even in this particular document since the 1990s they've been working on fertility regulating vaccines Annex 2 of the document, which I quoted in my book, The Technological Elixir, Fertility Regulating Vaccines, a background paper, says this short paper is an attempt to present the rationale for fertility regulating vaccines, FRVs, in context of their potential impact in the family planning arena and in terms of the feasibility of their development and production. This novel approach to birth control, well, I guess it couldn't have been that novel considering they've been working on it for 20 years, This novel approach to birth control is being considered in terms of the value that each or that such vaccines might have for future users. The information is presented there from from the perspective of new technology developed and not in terms of family planning policy. It is well recognized that FRVs, fertility regulated vaccines, like any method of birth control, will be an attractive option to some users and an unattractive option to others for a variety of reasons. The objective in developing FRVs is not to produce replacements for existing birth control technologies, but to widen the choice of safe, effective, acceptable, and affordable family planning. It's interesting because this goes back two decades into the 70s, and this year in 2021, an article came out from Politico called No More Babies? The Hormone-Altering Chemicals Threatening Human Procreation. It detailed a bisphenol A and phthalates, along with any endocrine-disrupting chemicals and how they've damaged human health and reproduction to an emergency level. And uh, Shana Swan, a leading scholar of reproductive health, stated the following, The current state of reproductive affairs can't continue much longer without threatening human survival. She conducted fertility research for years and found, uh, as a world-renowned expert, that sperm counts have dropped in the Western Countries by 59% from, according to the data, 1973 to 2001. Obviously, there are countless poisons, toxins, etc. that likewise contributed to the same, but vaccines are a major contributing factor to infertility as they are to so many other diseases blamed on viruses or bacteria. She said this goes back in her research to 1973. Well, that just happens to be right around the time that this document from the World Health Organization and World Bank stated that they had been developing these vaccines as anti-fertility agents. Going back two decades, researchers began developing vaccines nearly two decades ago after realizing that some cases of infertility in women and in men were due to an immune response to sperm, a response that prevented fertilization. So they exploited this, quote, accident of nature. There it is. And now I want to talk to you about cattle mutilations 58 cows dead in north dakota 15 with spontaneous abortions how that relates to a new england journal of medicine article entry 
about Pfizer vaccines. This is all very bizarre, disturbing stuff, but we need to shine some light on it right here on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. Your subscription supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and you. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Do you want to know more about this strange and weird reality we live in? Join me, Jess Rogie, the host of The Rogie Report, where we explore the unrevealed. Every Wednesday night, live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there. And so are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting around the world on The Fringe FM. You can download The Fringe FM app for free. Check out our website, thesecretteachings.info, for the full show archive, the montages, my books, and more. If you'd like to contact the show, email rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Check us out on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. And check out our Patreon page with behind-the-scenes videos and other goodies. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. I just think that sometimes we need to we need to slow down in our assumptions about about the kinds of things that we we talk about uh, relating to uh, let's call it fringe radio. You know, there there are far too many people on both sides of any argument, of any discussion, who find it difficult or don't even consider the possibility that their perspective is a perspective that emanates from an echo chamber. Uh, I don't care what your point of view is. You know, there are some things that 
there are some phrases that have been made into rhetoric, like you, you're entitled to your own opinion, but not your own facts. Okay, great. I'm entitled to my own opinion, but not my own facts. Well, I have facts, but sometimes people don't like facts, so they say the facts are an opinion. And sometimes people really don't have, you know, any facts, so they assert their opinion as a fact. And that, of course, is, you know, that's a little bit of a problem, I think. In the first segment, I read the title to a World Bank, UNDP, UNFPA, World Health Organization document called Fertility Regulating Vaccines. And in the document, they talk about how this research goes back two decades. And it's a technology more so than it is a family planning policy. By taking an accident of nature to cause infertility, and if they can use that to develop vaccines, they could uh, induce infertility by immunological pathways and what they call immunocontraception. Obviously, there are other reasons people cannot get pregnant. There are reasons why people have miscarriages. And this is where we need to bring the balance. Every time you have um, an abnormal period, there isn't always some connection to vaccine shedding. Likewise, if you get a vaccine and you get really, really sick, don't let anybody tell you that that's the vaccine working. No, that's your body rejecting the poison. And see, no matter what you say, both sides and virtually every major collective perspective is rooted heartily in fear. I'm afraid of the vaccinated. I'm afraid of the unvaccinated. There are few that I speak to in my day-to-day life who are able to sit across from each other and have a conversation. And it's like, I can sit here and I can read you Pfizer, Moderna, Merck, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, FDA, you name it. Documents, papers, fact sheets. I, I can put them all together. I've put them into a, a giant chapter in my book, The Technological Elixir. I have physical copies of all of them. I look at them. And I find uh, that there's an issue, that there's a problem with these official reports and then what the public is told. For example, you know, of the 44,000-plus people in the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine study, Pfizer claims that their vaccine was 90% effective, plus 90 to 95% effective. What they failed to mention is that of all the thousands of people that were in the placebo group, there were only a a handful of cases. There's 170 compared with uh, less than 10. So even in the placebo group, only 170 people tested positive. They didn't, you know, die. So how can you determine that the, the, the handful of people in the vaccine group weren't sick because they got the vaccine? And how could you determine that the 170 people that tested positive tested positive for any other reason than just, you know, a false positive PCR test? See, that's to, that's to question the mainline narrative. To question the narrative would also be to ask, 
well, out of 20,000 people, 170 people getting sick, I mean, you basically have a, a very closely related percentage of effectiveness as a placebo. But they obscure that. And that's, that's part of the ongoing study for the emergency use authorization that has supposedly been turned into an FDA approval. I'm not going to talk to you about Pfizer or Moderna or Merck or AstraZeneca or Johnson & Johnson vaccines much more tonight. But, but, but I need to start there because if you read through the data, look at, look at the fact sheets. The fact sheets will say that, you know, they don't have any information on the risks relating to pregnancy. I mean, let's go back to Dr. Wolfgang Wodarg and Dr. Michael Yeadon in December of 2020 with the European Medicines Agency, a petition they filed suggesting that the vaccine may actually prevent proper formation of placentas and therefore infertility. They said that the vaccines could prevent the formation of a placenta, which would result in vaccinated women essentially becoming infertile. That was in December 2020. You know, other, other fact sheets uh, from Pfizer, for example, say, quote, availability uh, or available data on Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine min- administered to pregnant women are insufficient to inform vaccine-associated risks in pregnancy. In another paper from the UK, document REG174, Information for UK Healthcare Professionals, describes the data, or lack thereof, relating to, quote, fertility, pregnancy, and lactation in Section 4.6 of the paper. That's Section 4.6 of REG174, Information for UK Healthcare Professionals. You can look it up yourself. It says, pregnancy, there are no or limited amount of data from the use of COVID-19 mRNA vaccine, and they they list the the name BNT162B2, Animal reproductive uh, toxicity studies have not been completed. COVID m- uh, mRNA vaccine BNT162B2 is not recommended during pregnancy. They also go on to say a risk to the newborn slash infant. Newborns, infants cannot be excluded. It is unknown whether COVID-19 mRNA vaccine BNT162B2 has an impact on fertility. And you just keep, you keep reading and reading and reading, and you start to realize, like, every school, every business, every news outlet that says there's no link, there's no link, there's no link, they're the same kinds of people that are on the other side of the argument that say every single vaccine is an evil agenda run by aliens from another dimension. You know, it goes one extreme to the other. But see... Issues of fertility or sterilization from, you know, a vaccine, uh, it's not new. From polio to, like, well-documented UN, World Health Organization, uh, World Bank documents. Fertility-regulating vaccines right here in 1992, and they say it goes back 20 years into the the 70s, which is when one of the uh, prominent... Fertility researchers estimates that sperm counts started to drop. 1973, around the same time these fertility regulating vaccines were acknowledged to have been to have been started, at least the research for them. And I'm sure that they've been in development longer than that. So there's no evidence, there's no information. I mean, my God, April 21st, 2021. The publication in the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine documented an overwhelming number of, quote, 
spontaneous abortions in early pregnancy for those receiving mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. If you don't want to believe what I'm saying or you think that I'm making it up or you think that this is an aggressive way to handle the subject, let me just tell you the headline. You can go look it up and read it yourself. Preliminary Findings of mRNA COVID-19 Vaccine Safety in Pregnant Persons. A study focused on 3,958 participants enrolled in the V-Safe Pregnancy Registry, a program where post-vaccine check-ins are conducted. Of those enrolled, 827 had a, quote, complete pregnancy. The study then concludes that of the women, quote, 115 or 13.9% resulted in pregnancy loss. And uh, 712 or 86.1 resulted in a live birth. Of course, didn't state whether that child was healthy or not, but... An additional notation in parentheses, however, was added after the latter statement on live birth, specifying that these births took place, quote, mostly among participants with vaccination in the third trimester. That's a really important piece of information that the researchers and the publishers of the study either overlooked accidentally, which would make them a little bit negligent in their scientific conclusions, or they knew exactly what they were doing and they obscured the evidence. What I mean by that is if you read the study, the study concludes as such, quote, preliminary findings did not show obvious safety signals among pregnant persons who received mRNA COVID-19 vaccines, end quote. So that sounds great. That sounds like they didn't find any evidence that pregnancy was affected, that fertility was affected by vaccines. Of course, fertility is a little bit different than pregnancy, but people associate the two together to say, well, there's no issue with pregnancy. There's no issue with fertility. Babies are being born. Look at that. Well, they're missing a little bit of, you know, critical detail here. You go into the study and you start reading and you find that, um, well, in a section, pregnancy loss and neonatal outcomes in published studies and V-safe pregnancy registry, uh, registry participants, you find a notation below that... Um, of 827 participants in the V-Safe Pregnancy Registry who received their experimental medical treatment and still reported a, a complete pregnancy fell into a group, of course, different than those who had abortions who received their vaccines at a different time in their pregnancy. Most of the women who received their vaccines in the third trimester had a live birth. Virtually all the women however, who had a vaccine in the first or second trimester, suffered an abortion. Here's what the study says. Data on pregnancy loss are based on 827 participants in the V-Safe Pregnancy Registry who received an mRNA COVID-19 vaccine, and they list the Pfizer or the Moderna, from December 14th, 2020 to February 28th, 2021, and who reported a complete pregnancy. What they neglected to tell you in the conclusion is based on this quote from the study. Well, the conclusion isn't really so accurate. A total, it says, of 700 participants or 84.6% received their first eligible dose in the third trimester. Meaning, 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 827 minus 700 gives you 127 participants. So, of the women who had incomplete births and quote-unquote spontaneous abortions, Virtually all of them were in the first, second trimester vaccine dosage. It says data on neonatal outcomes are based on 724 live-born infants, including 12 sets of multiples. The third notation to the article says, 
A total of 96 of 104 spontaneous abortions occurred before 13 weeks of gestation. So, out of 827 women, 104 of them had quote-unquote spontaneous abortions. 92.3% of those abortions occurred before 13 weeks. So, the women that received their vaccine before the third trimester almost all had spontaneous abortions. And that is the wording that is used in the article. Spontaneous abortions. Spontaneous abortions. I want you to keep that in mind. Spontaneous abortions. One more time. Spontaneous abortions. Now, I'm not saying I don't wholly believe that those vaccines were the direct cause of those spontaneous abortions. Would I lean in that direction? Potentially, but there's a lot of additional factors that go into our consideration. But before we can look at that any further, this is where we can begin to to divert from our current course that would make it seem as if this is just another COVID-19 show. Well, it's not, but if you want to interpret it that way, I guess you can. North Dakota. North Dakota officials are investigating the unnatural deaths of 58 cows. A, a North Dakota ranch and the North Dakota Stockmen's Association, they put up a $400,000 reward for details about the deaths of 58 cows that were grazing on the Arrowwood uh, National uh, Wildlife Refuge. And 58 pregnant cows. Oh, did I mention pregnant? They were 58 pregnant cows. And these 58 pregnant cows died. The article here from Ag Week, and you can find this a couple of other news outlets, but not many reported it, says the following. The cows were found dead on July 29th. So this is a couple of months ago, but this article is from September 1st. The land that they were found dead on was leased by the Bar V Ranch. Of the 138 cows grazing in that pasture, 58 were dead. 58 were dead. Other cows were drinking from the same water source and and didn't die. But do you want to hear something really crazy? 15 cows... According to the article, 58 were dead and 15 more suffered. In fact, I should quote the whole thing. Let me quote the whole thing. The cows were found dead on July 29th on land leased by the Bar V Ranch. Of the 138 cows grazing in that pasture, 58 were dead and 15 more suffered spontaneous abortions. After testing, ruled out lightning, anthrax, blue-green algae, lead poisoning, lack of water, or Naturally occurring nitrate toxicity. Investigators have launched a criminal investigation. 58 cows dead from, quote, unnatural causes. Although anthrax has been confirmed in other cattle in the state in 2021, officials having tested the area, tested the 
the cows, the soil, the water, etc., said that they can't find a reasoning for the deaths. Uh, the deaths essentially appeared to occur within a 48-hour window and seemed to indicate a, quote, point source event, end quote, according to Gerald Staka from North Dakota State University, veterinarian. Staka said, without being able to stand on 100% certainty of this, it's my opinion that somehow these cattle had access to non-naturally occurring nitrates and that some... Uh, and that can come from a number of different sources. See, he said that he was, that was his opinion because they're not really sure yet. When I'm really sure that I have a document in front of me that says fertility regulating vaccines, that's not my opinion. I'm giving you my opinion on these cattle, though. I, I, I don't know what happened to them. The surviving cattle, according to Ag Week, that's AG Week, Agriculture Week, were moved to an adjacent pasture with the same water source without incident, indicating that the water was not the problem. $400,000 for information on these, these, dead, these dead cows. I was thinking of, uh, of a name to, to, to use for tonight's show. And um, in thinking about it, I, I thought, you know, when I read this article... And I heard that 15 cows in, in this particular incident had suffered, quote, spontaneous abortions. First thing that came to my mind was the New England Journal of Medicine, April 2021. Spontaneous abortions in early pregnancy for those receiving the mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Headlined preliminary findings of mRNA COVID-19 vaccine safety in pregnant persons. That is a mainline New England Journal of Medicine, very prestigious journal. Very prestigious journal. New England Journal of Medicine document of what those Pfizer and or Moderna vaccines did to these women. 827 participants. 700 got their vaccine in the third trimester. 127 got their vaccine in the first or second trimester. Of those 127 women, virtually all of them had spontaneous abortions. One could then summarize that as Dr. Wodarg and Dr. Yeadon, who used to work for Pfizer, suggested these vaccines could, quote, prevent the formation of a placenta which would result in vaccinated women essentially becoming infertile. See, birth doesn't have to be prevented entirely in, in these cases, uh, you know, um, because, see, the thing is, you can say, well, these vaccines, some people are getting them and they're still having children, so see, that defeats the whole argument. There's a, well, it's like, hold on a second. Dr. Yeadon and Dr. Wodarg said that the vaccines could, quote, prevent the formation of the placenta. So if you get them while the placenta is still forming, when, when the, the baby isn't, you know, more than a few weeks old inside the womb, then the placenta can't grow, then the baby can't get nourishment, then the fetus dies. Then there's a quote-unquote spontaneous abortion. But getting a vaccine in the third trimester showed in the data to not really be, at least overtly or obviously, harmful to the fetus or placenta. That is a... Um, 
That's a distinct piece of information. And so is, you know, prevent the formation of the placenta. Well, that didn't say that the vaccine, you know, was going to do anything to the, the fetus. Well, if you don't have the placenta, there's no fetus. So you see how you have to really think about this. Yeadon and Wodarg are talking about preventing the formation of a placenta through these Pfizer vaccines in particular, but all the vaccines for COVID-19, which means that if you don't have a placenta, you don't have a fetus. So you can say, well, the vaccines don't cause infertility. Well, not directly. They cause it indirectly by preventing the formation of the placenta. They also take developing fetuses and placentas, and they they do something because most of the women in the New England Journal of Medicine study uh, they got their vaccine first, second trimester, had quote-unquote spontaneous abortions, about 80-plus percent of the women. So it's easy to just play with the statistics, play with the data. And that's really what's happening. But the link is that, you know, when you think about that, like I do, I I think, well, that's kind of a disturbing thing to think about, first of all. But the other thing that bothers me is that, you know, I I go and I find this, uh, this article on the cattle that died in North Dakota. And I see these two words, spontaneous abortion, spontaneous abortion, spontaneous abortion. 58 cattle dead and 15 more suffered spontaneous abortions. And there's no clear-cut answer for what exactly happened. Uh, Researchers ruled out naturally occurring nitrate toxicity, clostridial disease, anthrax, lightning, lead poisoning, some of the cattle in an, in an adjacent pasture, uh, they they were perfectly fine in that pasture. They didn't get sick or, you know, it wasn't the water or the food. Of course, people are just as quickly to jump to the conclusion that it's aliens, man. It's aliens are doing this. Aliens are abducting the cattle. Aliens are taking the babies. Maybe they are. But saying that is like saying... Every period you get from now on, every time you get sick, is because you're being attacked by a bioweapon. It's no different than the people who smoke cigarettes, eat poorly, stress themselves out, and do nothing except consume, 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 living in a state of perpetual fear, who say, you know, anytime I have a cough, that's not my fault. That's your fault for being healthy. It's like it doesn't matter which side you stand on. The, the idiocy is legion. I don't feel good, so it must be because people who got the vaccine made me sick. I don't feel good, so it must be because the people that didn't get the vaccine made me sick. That that makes me sick. Makes me a little bit sick. Especially considering that I think there might be a casual relationship between fertility-regulating vaccines, as talked about by the WHO and the World Bank back in the 90s, going all the way back to the 70s when sperm counts started to drop, noticeably anyway, to the 58 cattle and the 15 cattle that suffered spontaneous abortions in North Dakota as reported September 1st, 2021 by Ag Week and the New England Journal of Medicine study. I think there's a link here. It's probably pretty clear why you think there's a link here if you also see these three important details. And we could we, we could isolate more bullet points, but I don't really think we need to at the moment. I think you've got fertility-regulating vaccines that go back to the 70s, officially. 
You've got eugenicists, public eugenicists, like it's well-known eugenicists that are funding these, these vaccines. We know that in this particular New England Journal of Medicine study, most of the women who had spontaneous abortions, as the study said, spontaneous abortions, received their vaccine in the first or second trimester. And uh, we don't know if this stopped the formation of the fetus or the placenta, but we do know that it correlates with what Dr. Vodarg and Dr. Yeadon, former Pfizer, what they said, uh, that these vaccines could prevent the formation of the placenta. Plus, fact sheets for the COVID-19 vaccines also talk about altering your you know, your bodily chemistry. Uh, they don't know what it's going to do to fertility on top of everything else. So, I don't know. I find that, you know, a little bit strange, a little bit interesting. Like, maybe we should put all this together and say, hey, this is an alternate explanation. I don't think that aliens killed these cows. I'm not sure if humans killed them. But what I do know is, as much as human beings have been experimented on throughout history, you know, whether it's uh, Tuskegee or vaccines for gay and minority communities, whether it's radioactive experimentation, people living downwind from nuclear testing sites, human beings have routinely been the victims knowingly, sometimes mostly unknowingly, of government and corporate interests that have a lack of concern, a complete disregard for the environment, for animals, insects, and for human life. They care about the end and not the means to obtain the end. We know that humans have been experimented on for hundreds and hundreds of years. Humans have used other humans to conduct experiments on without consent, without informed consent. September of 2021 is no different. September of 2021, these experiments are still ongoing. All the emergency use authorizations for Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, and even for Pfizer, well, first of all, they should have been pulled because there's comernity now, but they've not been pulled. And the study, interestingly enough, the study that is ongoing as referenced by the FDA on their approval page is, one, an ongoing study, and two, the same study that determined of the 40-something thousand people in the trial for Pfizer's vaccine you were almost as likely to be healthy and not test positive if you got a placebo. But if it was 6%, you know, or 5%, just use a random you know, statistic, a percentage that's very, very small. If the vaccine was, let's say, 99% effective and the placebo was 98% effective, you could say 99% effective. It's more effective than the placebo. But by how many percentage points? And even if it were just a, you know, just a few dozen people, which is in the case of the Pfizer study that's ongoing, meaning that it's still an experiment, is a small number of people. 170 people out of around, around 170 people out of who tested positive, not not necessarily being even sick, 
out of 27,000. That's not a lot of people. And it's an ongoing experiment, according to the FDA. They're not doing this in a hospital, necessarily, you know, without the consent of the people that they're, they're experimenting on, homeless people, let's say. Or, this isn't the CIA or some big pharmaceutical company, you know, they're not using prisoners. They're not using, you know, people that are incarcerated or people that are, that are, that are crippled and can't, you know, speak for themselves. They're, it's everybody. Everybody. Which is what I, I've said this for about a year and a half now. This is an open world experiment. The whole world is a laboratory. And for these so-called vaccines, it's no different. And again, I, I don't care to argue over safety and efficiency. I don't really care to argue over whether you're, you're a good Democrat and you take the vaccine, dagnabbit, and you don't like those evil Republicans who want bodily autonomy. You don't like when people say, my body, my choice, when they're talking about saving a life. You just want to take life. You want to be part of the experiment. You want to take your kids down to drag queen story time, and you want to take your kids down to get the experimental shot. I, I get that. I don't really care if that's your opinion any more than I care about the Republicans who say that, you know, they make these similarly asinine arguments. Well, I've got the antibodies, so that means I'm healthy. It's like, that's, I don't really consider that to be a logical argument. So I'm not in either camp. What I see is I see fertility regulating vaccines officially from the World Bank and the WHO and the UN going back to the 70s. Official document. I see a New England Journal of Medicine study, former Pfizer workers and uh, top doctors, top scientists, saying that long time ago, before these vaccines were widely distributed, very good chance that these are going to create infertility. I, I see TV shows that are remakes of old British shows uh, called Utopia, where they're talking about not killing people, but making people infertile. I see the New England Journal of Medicine obscuring data on 827 women who 700 women got their vaccine in the third trimester, and most of them had a, a live birth. And of the, of the 127 additional women, 104 had spontaneous abortions. Uh, I mean, that's a lot of people, isn't it? A lot of women had abortions in that study. 96 of the 104 occurred between 13 weeks of gestation. I see all that, and I see in North Dakota, officials are investigating unnatural deaths of cows. 15 had spontaneous abortions. And I think, are pharmaceutical industries experimenting on this or the next generation of quote-unquote vaccines through cattle? I mean, that's actually where inoculation comes from. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that in the next segment of the show and why I chose to call tonight's broadcast Rogue Lab 19. I don't think it's just the cattle anymore. And I don't think it's UFOs. I don't really think it's ever just been the cattle. Unless you consider that each and every one of us are considered cattle by the corporate pharmaceutical medical elite. Everything is a laboratory. Everything can be experimented on. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. Email me. Tell me what you think. We'll be back. 
lighting the void with the secret teachings of all ages. It's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Do you like the secret teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hey there, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, and I want to share something very interesting with you. It's no mistake that the CDC began recommending masks in April of 2020, and that people immediately had trouble adapting or breathing, just a few weeks before George Floyd died in Minneapolis. After his death, people began chanting, I can't breathe, on May 26th. It's no mistake that in June, this man with black skin, who had been turned into a god, was placed into a golden coffin, a real-life reenactment of the killing of Osiris in Egyptian myth. It's no coincidence the same month that this took place in the Twin Cities, a twin summit was taking place with the World Economic Forum, the implications of which we look at on The Secret Teachings. And these are the patterns and observations that we make on the show five nights a week, broadcasting on The Fringe FM. For more information, check out thesecretteachings.info or email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. So are we. KTLK. Digital Broadcasting. The Fringe FM. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of The Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are tuned into The Secret Teachings Radio, broadcasting around the world, five nights a week, Monday through Friday, on The Fringe FM. Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to go to the website and grab a copy of one of my books to support the show, or subscribe to the full show archive if you missed any of our previous episodes or part of tonight's broadcast or you want to listen again you can download and stream all of the shows when you subscribe check it out today at www.thesecretteachings.info yearly subscribers get a physical copy of one of my books as well if you have any questions about that or the show or you'd like to send us content email rdgable at yahoo.com that's rdgable g-a-b-l-e at yahoo.com something i think is very important to note before we go any further into tonight's topic, and that is a story that got very little attention. And these are the kinds of stories that I really want to to bring to you here on The Secret Teachings. This was actually brought to my attention by a listener and a friend, Joseph Lavelle, who is out in uh, Idaho listening to the show. And uh, I always appreciate when Joseph emails me because he always has something really interesting to show me. And I'm, I'm more surprised that I didn't see this story considering that I'm actually partly from the area where this story took place and I lived in this city when I went to high school, uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. Local news, August 27th. The Mon County Sheriff's Department confirmed an I-79 interstate closure due to a truck carrying Moderna vaccines Wrecking, according to a press release sent out by the Mongania, uh, and we can never pronounce this in high school. We always joked about it. It's Monongalia, Monongalia County Sheriff's Department. The vaccines were to be sent as aid to a foreign country. However, the driver lost control of the vehicle, struck a concrete barrier, and went down over the embankment. As per an update, after the original publication of this story on Channel 12 WBOY in Morgantown, West Virginia. According to a member of the hazardous response team, airspace in the area near the accident was also restricted at the time. They claim because antifreeze and other things like oil spilled out of the truck when it went down over the side of the road. And another report comes out of Timecast from August 30th. According to WV Metro News, West Virginia Metro News, Quote, the West Virginia Center for Preparedness helped recover the vaccine, but it is unknown how much was saved. Nobody really is speaking on the subject of the vaccine and whether it was actually preserved or if it broke open and spilled as well. The Mon Angelia Hazmat team replied when asked about the vaccine spill, quote, we are unable to release any information at this time. Another interesting component of this story is that apparently the airspace in the area was, uh, air traffic was shut down while the hazmat cleaning crews spent roughly a full 24 hours in the area near Morgantown cleaning up the, the spill of the antifreeze and the oil. But, you know, trucks, trucks crash all the time. Truck drivers fall asleep. Truck drivers uh, make a mistake. It's a very dangerous job, and uh, something like this happens. Uh, usually the the airspace around the wreck isn't 
shut down, and they normally don't bring hazmat teams in unless it's a very severe, you know, problem. Like, funny enough, I actually lived in Morgantown, West Virginia, a couple of different places, and one of the the things that that I remember so distinctly, especially when I read this story, is when I was in high school, um, I lived so far outside the city, like just in the school zone limit, and I was almost in Pennsylvania, that uh, there was a chemical truck that actually spilled uh, right near the Cheat Lake, uh, where the Cheat Lake Bridge is that connects um, part of the, the, the Morgantown area to uh, the, other, um, the other side of the lake there. And um, they, they canceled school for us. They wouldn't let the school buses come out there. And uh, they actually told us to keep our windows closed and boil water because this chemical got into the water, it got into the air. So that was, you know, notably, you know, that, that is something that obviously they're going to send hazmat team in. Obviously, they're going to maybe restrict air traffic. It's, it's a chemical spill. But this was just antifreeze and oil. Antifreeze and oil leak out of your car in a parking lot at Walmart. Why did they need to close down the airspace? Why did they need to bring in hazmat recovery teams? Why exactly is the Department of Defense involved in this? That's, that's one of the strange things about this story. The Department of Defense reportedly is involved in this, this process. The Center for Threat Preparedness was in charge of trying to recover the vaccines but are no longer permitted to speak to the press about the incident. Instead, they referred to the National COVID Response Press Secretary at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, who said that there were 1.3 million doses of the vaccine on the truck that were heading to Ghana. So they closed down airspace. Hazmat crews come in for about 24 hours straight, cleaning everything up. You know, seems like it's more than oil. Seems like it's more than antifreeze. And then, reportedly, the Department of Defense is involved, which I found interesting because, especially because it's Moderna, the Department of Defense, through DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, spent tens of millions of dollars developing mRNA vaccines and, and mobile development units in particular. There's a Moderna press release that you can just type in Moderna $56 million DARPA and you'll find it. So the DOD comes in basically, I thought, maybe to clean up their product. And I thought maybe whatever's happening here is, is, is the byproduct of uh, something a little shadier. And, uh, you know, it, it's in fact... Um, you know, two days ago, you didn't hear a lot of news about this, but uh, according to The Intercept, new details emerged about coronavirus research at Chinese laboratory. Over 900 pages released through a FOIA lawsuit by The Intercept. Two different documents here. One is called Understanding the Risk of Bat Coronavirus Emergence. And the other is understanding risk of zoonotic virus emergence in emerging infectious disease hotspots of Southeast Asia. And if you, you look at these uh, documents here, I printed out a, a little bit of each. They mentioned the Wuhan lab and Eco Health Alliance. And, you know, basically this is hard evidence that I, am, I imagine senators like Rand Paul have copies of themselves because Senator Rand Paul gave Dr. Fauci a chance in Congress to unperjure himself, and Fauci, as a little weasel, looked at the senator, not understanding that the legislature has more power than you at the NIH, you piece of trash, and said, you don't know what you're talking about, Dr. Paul. And um, that was pretty much where they left it. But uh, Fauci clearly perjured himself based on this, this evidence. I mean, I have copies of it. You can find copies of it. This Intercept article is linked up on our website. 
It's like, you know, we, we talked about that last year and, and I've been, I've been in the middle of that and nothing really exists in the sense that there's a virus causing a disease. I, I think we're dealing with something more technological than biological or something that's kind of a mixture. Um, maybe something that relates to black goo, something that, that transmogrification, transhumanism, something that, that, that alters the body, you know, with the, with the, the, the magnetic proteins, um, the magnetic uh, 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 magnetizing of the cells in the body. You know, these are things we've talked about this week on the show and other weeks on the show. And, uh, you know, whether it's this information from The Intercept coming from an, a FOIA lawsuit uh, or it's this Moderna truck with airspace shut down and hazmat crews coming in and cleaning it up and nobody wants to speak about the actual vaccine and they've got apparently the DOD is is is, is taking over uh you know they took over the cleanup of this thing um everybody's real hush hush about it and i just it, it's weird and so when i see weird stories like that i find them weird i i, I want to share them with you and it's the same thing with these these uh these cattle that died in north dakota so when 58 cattle died in North Dakota and 15 more suffered spontaneous abortions, there's an eerie yet obscure link to numerous warnings and studies pertaining to mRNA vaccine therapies or COVID-19 shots, at least to me, because I remember reading a New England Journal of Medicine study where nearly every woman receiving their dose in the first or second trimester, suffered a, quote, spontaneous abortion, just like those cattle. Up to about 82% of the women who received those vaccines in the first or second trimester, a number small enough compared to the rest of the study that it was dismissed. Along with a 1992 document from the World Health Organization and World Bank, Fertility Regulating Vaccines, which details the technology dating back to the 70s when sperm counts began dropping, along with numerous other uh, warnings uh, that these former therapies, vaccines, whatever you want to call them, mRNA shots, could prevent formation of the placenta and therefore the fetus. It should really be an understatement to say this, but this is a red alert. Pharmaceutical companies, corporations, governments, etc. have routinely experimented on the public, from hospitals to insane asylums and from the military to ghettos and to the slums. Whether they're experimenting with spraying uh, Poisons and chemicals, seeing how chemicals will react with the human body, the surrounding environment, or spraying poisons to make people sick, and then offering free health care, whether it's radiological testing, whether it's putting stuff into the water supply, whether it's the Tuskegee experiment or smallpox or you know various vaccines. I mean, clearly, pharmaceutical companies, corporations, governments, corrupt, in a lot of cases, eugenicists, that operate under the assumption of benevolence to carry out their malevolent intentions. When I read this story about the cattle, and I read that they had ruled out everything from anthrax to lightning, the only thing I could think about were those two words. From Agriculture Week, September 1st, 2021, 15 more of the cattle suffered spontaneous abortions. And I thought that's what the New England Journal of Medicine said. 96 
of the 104 spontaneous abortions out of 827 women occurred before 13 weeks of gestation, meaning meaning that 92.3% occurred before 13 weeks of gestation. So, so most of the women who got a vaccine before that, that third trimester had a spontaneous abortion. Now, I'm not saying... I'm not implying, and I don't believe, that Pfizer went out to this field, part of the Arrowwood National Wildlife Refuge, and started injecting cattle with BNT162B2. You know, I'm not suggesting that Pfizer went out into the field and started shooting cattle up with vaccines. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's suspicious. It might imply that something else is coming when cattle start dropping dead because cattle are often used for these kinds of experiments. But before we can even entertain that idea, we have to go back to the, uh, the, the concept of a vaccine and what exactly a vaccine was. Inoculation was the first method of immunization against smallpox. It's the precursor of modern vaccination. Otherwise known as variolation, it was introduced in England at the beginning of the 18th century. And during that same century, it came to America. Although Edward Jenner is usually credited as the originator of inoculation, others credit the 10th century Chinese. See, even Edward Jenner, even the so-called developer of vaccines. I went to a bookstore the other day, and I saw this uh, kid's history book, and it was like a timeline of historical events, and they had Edward Jenner in there injecting a little kid with, with a vaccine. It was all just wonderful and loving and progressive. And I looked at that. And I thought, well, it's like, I'll say it. Well, shit. (laughs) You know, even the official narrative, it's like Edward Jenner didn't even invent the vaccine. So what exactly are we teaching these kids? The idea is that Edward Jenner had developed his idea for uh, from dairy maids that believed an attack of cowpox was said to help prevent human smallpox or at least to alleviate the symptoms. These dairymaids who, you know, supposedly got cowpox, you know, the idea was if they got the cowpox, they would uh, not be able to get the smallpox, or at least the the symptoms would be alleviated. Not only did Edward Jenner not pass the medical examination necessary for qualification as a physician, so basically uh, Edward Jenner was an 18th century Bill Gates, uh, not a medical doctor, no medical training, just a, a guy with uh, some cows and some dairy maids, and he's a hero. You know, I'm not saying Edward Jenner didn't, you know, have a place in history. He certainly does. But Edward Jenner, uh, you know, even his qualifications as a fellow of the Royal Society were not the work. We're not based on the work uh, of, of, of medicine, of vaccines. It was his prestige in the Royal Society was not the result of any work with medical matters. It was a result of his of his studying the life of, of the cuckoo. He did, however, submit one paper on vaccine to the Royal Society that was summarily rejected due to lack of proof. Did you hear that? The inventor of the vaccine, inoculation, Edward Jenner, this great guy, um, the story doesn't really add up because, one, he was not a qualified physician. Two, his prestige in the Royal Society was based on other 
things that were non-medical, including and most likely as a result directly of studying the life of the cuckoo. And he submitted one paper on vaccines to the Royal Society, which was summarily rejected because he could provide no proof. It's important to recall that during the 19th century in England, there was an anti-vaccination movement. You know that didn't start with a bunch of soccer moms, right? It started in 19th century England. It began in 1866 and included eminent physicians and even famous authors like George Bernard Shaw. In 1896, the movement was renamed the National Anti-Vaccination League of Great Britain. You know, it didn't start with QAnon, didn't start with the far right, didn't start with the Christian right. It started with physicians and authors and researchers and people who didn't want to take the vaccine. In fact, going back to Edward uh, Jenner, uh, he found, uh, you know, no evidence in his published paper, which was rejected by the Royal Society, to document the effectiveness of vaccines. And the National Anti-Vaccination League of Great Britain, as its name implies, was, uh, you know, based on the idea that people had a right to refuse compulsory vaccination through vaccination acts that had been passed in England at the time. The Compulsory Vaccination Act was passed in 1853, with a more exacting one passed in 1867. Now, the attitude toward this group was pretty much how it is today. Demeaning and derogatory, even mockery. Despite that, in the 19th century, it included the professor of pathology and bacteriology at King's College, Dr. Edgar Cruikshank, medical doctor, and others, including the scientists Alfred Russell Wallace and Herbert Spencer. These are all people that you may have heard about in science class. Edgar Cruikshank. Alfred Wallace, uh, Russell Wallace, and Herbert Spencer. All three were prominent members of the National Anti-Vaccination League of Great Britain. All three opposed compulsory vaccines, including the professor of pathology and bacteriology at King's College. They opposed the vaccine. Why? Because it didn't work. It's poison. Prominent doctors and scientists likewise support the same movement in the 21st century, but their expertise and authority is ignored on the basis of dogma. To a bunch of people that don't know anything yelling and screaming and using some people that have letters next to their name but also have massive conflicts of interest as their source of factual information. And if these groups do have any attention focused on them, it's usually on the lowest common denominator. The person who feels strongly on a moral basis why they do not want to take a vaccine but who cannot explain any other reasoning. They're then portrayed to be scientifically incompetent and a denier of science. You deny science. No, I I agree with science. That's why I'm rejecting the vaccine. Because Edward Jenner's paper on vaccines was rejected by the Royal Society because he didn't have any proof that they worked. Despite vaccines for smallpox, it only seemed that more injection equaled more death. As Dr. Walter Hadwin points out in a 1923 article, quote, between the years of 1871 and 1880, there were 50,016 smallpox deaths. He explained that when comparing the present day, early 20th century numbers, when the vaccine was less administered with those from the late 19th century, that between 1911 and 1920, the deaths numbered only 110. In other words, more vaccinations equaled or equated to more suffering, more disease, and more deaths. 
1902, a doctor named John Hodge wrote about the results of eliminating vaccines in Cleveland, Ohio. He wrote, quote, To Dr. Frederick, in charge of the Health Board of Cleveland, Ohio, is due the credit of furnishing a civilized world with an example of a large city being absolutely free of smallpox. A city free of smallpox. Why? Well, it, quote, would be well to note that one of the first means that he adopted in producing this result was to abolish vaccination absolutely, according to Dr. John Hodge. The same story is told about an English town called Leicester, which rejected vaccination entirely. It was explained by Lily Lowett in her book, The Truth About Vaccinations and Immunization, that the town of Leicester rejected vaccination in favor of sanitation. Her experience in the past 50 years makes nonsense of the claims of the pro-vaccinists. When her population was thoroughly vaccinated, she suffered severely from smallpox. As vaccination declined to 1% of the infants born, smallpox disappeared altogether because vaccines tended to appear on the scene at the same time as better sanitary practices. Smallpox is the only human disease that medical establishment claims to have eradicated as a result of vaccines, but this didn't even occur fully until the 60s and 70s of the 20th century. By this point in the 20th century, sanitary conditions had improved substantially. The disease is defined as an acute infectious disease causing high fever and a rash that scars the skin. It is marked by pox, a rash of pimples that contain pus. They leave pock marks upon healing. These pimples are known as pustulates, small pimples or blisters on the skin that contain pus, pus and, you know, blood. It was this pus that was used as the basis for the original vaccination. The major difference between inoculations and vaccinations is as follows. I wrote this in my book, Food Philosophy. This is a quote from the book. Inoculation introduced into the body foreign matter taken from pustulates of a person suffering from smallpox. Vaccination introduced into a body, foreign matter taken from the pustulates of a cow suffering from cowpox. Even though WHO, the World Health Organization, you know the same one that backs fertility regulating vaccines, even though WHO's webpage, entitled Frequently Asked Questions and Answers on Smallpox, tells of the dangers of the smallpox vaccine. It says on the WHO website, quote, no government gives or recommends the vaccine routinely since it can cause serious complications and even death. Even the World Health Organization acknowledges that and you can also look up associated press type it in associated press november 25th 2019 a recent article more polio cases now caused by vaccine than by wild virus so i don't really care per se where you stand on the issue of whether germs cause disease directly or whether germs cause disease as a result of sanitation, hygiene, diet, mindset. In other words, it doesn't matter if you think germs cause disease because of their innate disease-causing ability, and that if you come into contact with them, you will get sick. It doesn't really matter if you think that germs only cause disease if they're introduced into a toxic environment. So that, you know, the idea that environment matters more than the germs that you come into contact with. None of that really matters for this, you know, important point. The point is, even the WHO says that uh, the vaccine for smallpox 
causes serious complications and death. And the AP even admits, look at this, Associated Press, more polio cases now caused by vaccine than wild virus. Why is this? Well, accompanying uh, smallpox is the equally feared but mostly eradicated polio, defined as an infectious virus disease affecting the central nervous system. Prior to being named polio, any condition relating to physical weakness of limbs was referred to as palsy, apoplexy, or paralysis. Modern diagnosis of polio suggests that paralysis occurs in less than 1% of cases, meaning that previous cases of polio or any inhibiting of the central nervous system were likely caused by something other than a virus. In fact, proof of polio virus was considered definitive through the paralyzing of monkeys with foreign matter. But that's obviously not definitive because they used foreign matter and they poisoned the monkeys like they do in a lot of uh, laboratory experiments. Foreign matter comes from pustulates, which were once referred to as virus. The foreign matter, the toxic substance that they took from the pustulates. Smallpox. Smallpox. Polio. Let's say you got a smallpox vaccine. Let's say it caused neurological damage. Now you got polio. It's a matter of classification. So if they're classifying polio and smallpox as having been eradicated, there are a lot of reasons for that. One, we assume because vaccines, quote-unquote, work, that the disease is eradicated. So if they're eradicated, you must not have polio anymore. You must have some other neurological disease. So they reclassify what polio is. So polio has been eradicated. Smallpox has been eradicated. In the same way that we do little word jumble with COVID-19. Cases, 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 cases. Dying with COVID-19 as opposed to dying from COVID-19. It's the same word jumble. But along came hygiene. Along came sanitation. Along came not defecating in the street. Along came washing your hands, and along came not, you know, consuming fecal material. And so cholera and smallpox and various fevers and whatnot started to disappear. And that's, that's the bottom line. We don't really hear about smallpox or polio or poliomyelitis anymore. Other than, other than disease X, the biggest concern of the 21st century seems to be influenza and its various forms or mutations. But, you know, in 2015, the CDC stated that the success rate of vaccination against the flu was 18%. And they just get up there in the news. I watched the video. I remember back in 2015. The vaccine for the flu is 18% effective. That's a success rate. Well, that implies that the vaccine is actually 82% unsuccessful. Uh, This is a clear distortion of facts, language, context. At best, I wrote in my book, Food Philosophy, It's at best a mind game. In 2013, the CDC openly claimed that vaccines didn't work for influenza, according to an NBC article. Quote, much of the influenza virus circulating in the United States has mutated, and this year's vaccine doesn't provide good protection against it, federal health officials are warning. Another story from 2014 was reported by CNN with the headline, CDC, flu shot less effective this year because the current virus has, well, again, mutated. Even though the virus mutated and therefore rendered the vaccine ineffective, the CDC has still recommended the vaccine, claiming it could protect against other circulating strains of the virus or that it could still decrease the severity of the illness caused by the virus. 
One pediatrician who was quoted, Dr. Lisa Thebner, said the vaccine isn't perfect, but it's the best protection we have for prevention. Really? It's the best uh, protection? The the, the reality seems to be that um, an unpolluted environment, sanitary conditions, and lifestyle are the primary factors in disease and its prevention. The facts derived from this information seem to suggest that all vaccines are unnecessary, ineffective, and dangerous. Some ingredients are more dangerous than others, though. We start to look at those vaccine ingredients... And formaldehyde and, and thimerosal, both ethyl and methyl mercuries, that's a day in the park compared to mRNA. That's a day in the park compared to fertility-regulating vaccines. And that's the point we've reached. And you know, I'm going to be very straightforward with you here as, as, as much as I can speak from the heart as I always, I always attempt to do on the show. I'm always doing that. But I, I want to state that I am. Before I make this statement, I know that it sounds fantastic, but I'm reading you the news articles. I'm reading you the government documents. I'm reading you the global government documents. I'm reading you the, the scientific reports, the journals, the medical doc. I'm, I'm reading you the data. And the more likely you are statistically to read that, read this data for yourself And the higher your educational level is, the higher your intellect, the more degrees you have, the less likely you are to take vaccines in general. And there's a bell curve because the more impoverished you are, the more likely you are, and the wealthier and more intelligent you are, not that the two necessarily go together, but the wealthier and more intelligent you are, you're less likely to take them. But it's the bell curve. People that are kind of in the middle are the most likely to take them. I know it seems hard to believe. I, I get it, and I know that if I sit here and I tell you, look, this this is just reality. I know that people are going to say to me, well, no, this is just your opinion. You don't know. Well, no, this is history. This is science. This puts context and perspective back into our daily conversations. It allows us, with information that you otherwise wouldn't have had, whether you get it here or you read the books or you go reference the material that I'm I'm referencing, it allows us to take control of our lives. And I know that that is honestly and sincerely scary for some people. It bothers them. I don't want to take control of my own life. That's scary. Bottom line is, you don't take control of your life and you're going to let somebody else take control of it for you. Whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, Merck won't do that because they said it's not safe to get the vaccine, so they stopped making it. You'll start to see that hey, the New England Journal of Medicine said all these women got spontaneous abortions from the vaccine and oh my god, 58 cattle ended up dead in North Dakota and 15 of them suffered spontaneous abortions. And, you know, I've done my research, I've studied history, and I know that pharmaceutical companies, corporations, governments, etc. routinely experiment on the public, hospitals to insane asylums, from the military to slums. And I also know that they experiment routinely, pharmaceutical companies in particular, on cattle. Hey, I know that 
Cattle were the source of inoculation and vaccination, so cattle are experimented on in that way. I know this. You can't tell me otherwise. What it means, well, that's something we can have civil discourse about. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. My intent is civil discourse, passion, and sharing with you things that you might otherwise not have heard, or if you have heard them, providing you with a different perspective and linking things that otherwise might not have been linked. If you want to share something with me, email me, please. rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Check out the website. Subscribe to the show. Become a patron on Patreon. All of it at www.thesecretteachings.info. The music tonight, White Bat Audio and Secession Studios. Check them out on YouTube. We will be back in just a few minutes. Don't go anywhere. This is The Secret Teachings. Stay with us. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM but most importantly it supports you. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, the Fringe FM. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash the secret teachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings.
Thank you for tuning into the Secret Teachings this evening, or this morning, or this afternoon, wherever you may be listening around the world. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. Tonight's show, Rogue Lab 19. We know that there are certainly laboratories that are off the books and out of view underground in the middle of nowhere that conduct experiments on cattle, conduct experiments in the open air and the open world. We also know that throughout history, there have been a number of laboratories that we do know of, including the Idaho National Laboratory, that conducted experiments on animals. And much like we've seen through other historical events, such as the Dugway Proving Ground Sheep Incident, the military and corporate interests have no concern for the life of animals any more than they have concern for the life of human beings. Though, I understand the other side of the argument. Would you rather the INL test radiological material on humans? Well, I guess that really isn't an appropriate rebuttal considering that the Idaho National Lab did experiment on humans directly or indirectly. And I guess it really doesn't matter if the Dugway Proving Grounds incident of sheep back in the 60s was an accident or was intentional to test some kind of uh, you know weapon, chemical weapon, because the military has experimented on their own soldiers before. So the idea that you know the military or some corporation doesn't care about animal life can't really be rebutted with the statement or the question. You know, well, do they really care about about humans? If they're experimenting on animals, they have they seem to have a disregard for life. I don't think that they're experimenting on animals because they don't want to experiment on humans because they have a long history of doing both. So if the military and corporations and, to use the word very loosely, governments, along with pharmaceutical companies, don't mind experimenting with drugs and vaccines and chemicals and bioagents on the public, hospitals, insane asylums, slums, the military... They don't really care if they're experimenting on poor people or animals. You know, because the means don't really matter. The end is what matters. Whether it's Tuskegee or it's those sheep at Dugway. Doesn't matter if it's the black men at Tuskegee or the white servicemen in the military who take vaccines and are just part of a larger experiment. Doesn't matter if it's at a military base like Dugway, Area 51, Area 52, doesn't matter what where it is. Or if it's in a community downwind from a nuclear bomb testing site. The ends always justify the means. So when 58 cattle died in North Dakota recently and 15 more suffered spontaneous abortions. Earlier I said that one thing quickly rushed into my mind, but actually two things rushed in. One just rushed in faster. The first thing that rushed into my mind was that there's an eerie and obscure link to numerous warnings and studies pertaining to mRNA vaccine therapies including a New England Journal of Medicine study showing that nearly every woman receiving their 
Pfizer or Moderna vaccine in the first or second trimester suffered a, quote, spontaneous abortion. Same two words applied to those 15 cattle in North Dakota. They had spontaneous abortions. And that number was obscured in the New England Journal of Medicine study either through negligence, ignorance, or with intentionality to deceive. And statistics, numbers, data, it's one just giant word and number game. It's just magic. It's the magician casting a, a spell using symbols, using letters, using words, you know, using numbers and letters. But if you mix that information in, the cattle in North Dakota and the spontaneous abortions of the women in the New England Journal of Medicine study, you find that in 1992-1993, the World Health Organization and World Bank got together and they published a document, Fertility Regulating Vaccines. That's literally the name of it, which details the technology of fertility regulating vaccines going back to the 1970s. In fact, around 1972, because the document came out in 1993, it was... The event was held in August of 92 in Geneva. So this was the the anniversary last month, August. And uh, they said in that document, two decades the research goes back. So that takes you to about 1972, which is one year before sperm counts were isolated historically as beginning to drop substantially. Find that might be coincidental. Might not be coincidental, I'm not exactly sure, but that's at least interesting. There's, of course, Dr. Wolfgang Wodarg and Michael Yeadon, which you've probably heard about endless times, warning that COVID-19 vaccines could prevent formation of the placenta. And then we just have this, this, this game of jargon. Well, they said it can prevent the formation of the placenta. They didn't say it could cause spontaneous abortion. Yeah, well, the baby, the fetus, needs the, the placenta, so if it prevents the placenta from forming or growing, then the baby's not going to get what it needs. The baby's going to die. It, it's just a big word game. That's all that it is. It, it, it's like how legal matters tend to work. There's all sorts of interpretations. And in the same, it's the same case with you know scientific... Scientific journals and medical reports and doctor says this, scientist says that, doctors believe this, I'm a nurse, I'm a hero, I did the right thing and I gave the vaccine. Okay, well, maybe you are a hero, I don't know. I just don't like, I don't like faux victimhood and I certainly don't like the sense of moral superiority that people hand themselves or that society hands them as part of a larger psychological agenda run by big technology companies, run by global corporate interests, run by the WHO, run by the World Bank. Because we go back to the 90s, we know what the WHO and the World Bank were planning. Fertility regulating vaccines. They admit going back to the 70s they were doing this. And where, where exactly does the idea of a vaccination come from? I told you about this in the last segment. If you missed it, I'll recap a little bit here for you. Or if you have my book, Food Philosophy, available at thesecretteachings.info, there's a whole section on inoculation in there. Inoculation was the first method of immunization against smallpox, the precursor of modern vaccination. Edward Jenner 
is credited with having been the originator of inoculation. Although the idea goes back to the 10th century and the Chinese. Edward Jenner developed his idea of inoculation from dairy maids that believed an attack of cowpox was said to help prevent human smallpox, or at least to alleviate the symptoms. The only problem was Edward Jenner was an 18th century Bill Gates, only in the sense that he never passed a medical examination. He wasn't a doctor. And his qualification in the Royal Society, which gave him prestige, was based on his work with the cuckoo, not with anything relating to medicine. The only paper he submitted on the vaccine to the Royal Society was summarily rejected due to lack of proof. Going back to the 1800s, people like author George Bernard Shaw, the professor of pathology and bacteriology at King's College, Dr. Edgar Cruikshank, and others including scientists Alfred Wallace and Herbert Spencer, these are very famous names. All of them were in a little group together, a group called the National Anti-Vaccination League of Great Britain. Their intention was to refuse compulsory vaccination. Everything is so difficult to understand because a lot of times we just think everything originated in the present moment. Like anti-vaxxers, they must be QAnon people and far-right Trump people and, you know, I bet they grab women. And it's like, what does that even mean? You know, the anti-vaccination movement goes back to the beginning of inoculation. It goes back to the 1800s and it goes back to prominent scientists prominent authors, prominent members of society, scientists, doctors, etc., who rejected vaccines, and especially compulsory vaccines through compulsory vaccination acts that had been passed in 1853 and 1867 in England. Uh, these aren't ignorant peasants who thought, uh, I believe 4chan, so I don't want a vaccine. You know, I go on Reddit every day, and uh, they're talking about a conspiracy on there. I, I don't want to get this vaccine. It's going to put nanobots in my, uh, my skin. Yeah, I'll agree with CNN. Those people sound ridiculous. You know? Oh, my God, the vaccine's going to turn me into a cyborg. I hope I haven't contributed to that, because if someone asked me, do you believe the vaccine's going to contribute to turning people into cyborgs? I'd say, well, first define a cyborg. You mean like a human machine, like biological, technological, distinctiveness, combined with our own, resistance is futile. What exactly do you mean by cyborg? That's what I'd ask. It's just a simple question, yes or no. It's not a simple question because your implication is very complex. I can't give you a simple explanation or a simple response because my response is going to determine the way in which I am perceived. So if I'm going to give you a response, I'm going to lay down what I actually think. However, I would hope that you're also open to debate and discussion conducted in a civil matter so that we can get to the bottom of why you think that's an insane statement to make and why I think it's not so insane and why I think other people make that statement with no information to back it up. And they do all agree with you sound a little bit insane. Is that too much to comprehend? Probably because most people want a black and white answer. Most people, their eyes have glazed over by the time I get three seconds into explaining what I think. They want a quick one second yes, no. And if it's no, you're a good person. If it's yes, you're a psychopath, insane conspiracy theorist who believes in QAnon. You know? And it, 
I've been tearing QAnon apart for years here on The Secret Teachings. I said it was a PSYOP. I said it was the CIA. I said it was all these weird internet chat rooms that were run by the intelligence community. I said that for years. I I think it's a counterintelligence operation. I think it's very similar to the 100 Flowers of China. I think it's very similar to Operation Trust in the Soviet Union. I think it's really, really, really historically documented what QAnon is all about. Doesn't matter, though. YouTube, Facebook, they'll still censor me attacking something they don't agree with because the algorithms didn't like it. It's not even a human making that decision. And that same hive mind has been applied to the general public with you know ideological collective things where people don't think. And the AI is just programmed to isolate what they don't like and then to give you those alerts. Find out more information from the World Health Organization. Oh, you mean the World Health Organization? I, I bet you I could post this on Facebook, fertility regulating vaccines, and I would get a notation from Facebook that tells me this uh, is considered um, potentially misleading. Please go to the World Health Organization to find the most accurate information on vaccines. And it'd be like, dude, I just posted a WHO document on fertility regulating vaccines. But Facebook said, no, that's we fact check that. That's wrong. Go to the WHO if you want to find out what's real. I mean, that is the distortion of reality. That is, the, that is the reality we live in, unfortunately, right now. And uh, I know it's hard to comprehend the, the, the seeming complexities in a lot of these topics, but, you know, the bottom line here, here, I just pulled it up, too. I got a link to it. If you want, post, post, I'll send this to you if you want, and I'll post it, post it on Facebook and see if they tell you, go to the WHO or go to the CDC for more updated information. Got it there. If you want to email me, rdgable at yahoo.com, I'll send it to you. Fertility regulating vaccines. I, I know I've also been meaning to put up on the website like a link to all the stuff, all the big articles. I, I might start doing that. I just wish I'd have done that years ago so I don't have to sit down and take, you know, two or three days to find every article and start linking it up. I do have a top news section on the website. I just need to put the docu- like the articles like this up from the WHO. So that's there. But, you know, the, the history of this goes back to, to cows. So... I don't know. I just find it a little bit suspicious that 58 cattle died in North Dakota and 15 suffered spontaneous abortions. And spontaneous abortions through the lack of development of placenta and therefore the death of the, the fetus and the spontaneous abortion, which was discovered in the New England Journal of Medicine study for women receiving a vaccine for COVID-19, Moderna and or Pfizer before their uh, thir- third trimester. It was, you know, it was speculated upon by former Pfizer executive and uh, Dr. Wodar, uh, Wolfgang Wodarg in the EU. Uh, that the vaccine could cause this to happen back in 2020. Uh, 1992, going back to 1972, 1973, document from the WHO and World Bank, fertility regulating vaccines, detailed the technology that goes back to the 70s when sperm counts began dropping and numerous other warnings that these gene therapies could prevent formation of the placenta. Not to mention my whole cyborg discussion about, you know, three or four minutes ago, where I'm reading the American Chemical Society and the American Chemical Society is telling me, look, we can make your cells magnetic. Look, we can take luciferescence from fireflies and use it in these treatments and tracking systems. I mean, I, I'm being told by, uh, you know, major publications, Pharmaceutical Journal, back in 2017, the International Journal of Vaccine and Vaccinations, they found in 44 vaccine samples from tetanus to chickenpox, contamination with, uh, you know, 
metallic substances, just like the contaminants found in the Moderna vaccines in Japan that were metallic in nature. And it's, you know, it's Science Daily, the American Chemical Society. They said in a 2019 publication the following. They can take material and make your cells magnetic by introducing crystals that were preloaded with iron to living cells. The researchers could move the cells around with a magnet. They talk about optogenetics, using light to activate the parts of the brain, or chemogenetics, using designer drugs to target engineered proteins in the brain, where you can control the brain circuits associated with otherwise complex animal behaviors, controlling the brain through magnetoproteins. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about cyborgs, yeah, sure, I guess that makes you a cyborg, but that makes me crazy. Because I have a stack of papers here with all the official reports, including Samsung's attempt to turn the world into a literal digital sub-reality called 6G, the next hyper-connected experience for all, which I also have a link to if you want to see that from their freaking website. Oh, or here. Here's something that uh, my good buddy Joseph Lavelle sent me from Idaho. Hey, listen, this is from Nano Letters, the same publication from the American Chemical Society. Listen to this headline. This puts everything that you've heard in the alternative into one headline. In situ transforming RNA nanovaccines from polyethylenamine functionalized graphene oxide hydrogel for durable cancer immunotherapy. Why would they start developing RNA vaccines that are nanovaccines with graphene oxide hydrogel for cancer immunotherapy? Why? Well, for example, a friend of mine, her mother, perfectly healthy otherwise, had breast cancer removed. Otherwise, again, perfectly healthy. Walked fine, breathed fine, got two vaccines. Within a few weeks, massive tumor on her spine, couldn't walk. Massive tumor in her lungs, couldn't breathe. She died. I don't know if they labeled it as COVID, but that would just be the little cherry on top, wouldn't it? Tumors like that don't develop in the lungs or on the spine that quickly. They take decades to develop. It's one thing if, you know, a doctor misses it, but suddenly you have trouble walking and breathing at the same time, right? If you got a vaccine and the cancerous cells just grow rapidly. Why? Because when you mess with the RNA, just like when you don't get enough sunlight, you get not enough ultraviolet light, your cells don't know how to replicate, so you you can get cancer. They'll replicate out of control. If you start messing with the cellular structures in the body with trap bots and hydrogel and, and ferritin-infused cells to make them magnetic and magnetoproteins of the brain, optogenetics and chemogenetics with lasers and drugs and light, you're hijacking light, you're hijacking DNA. Therefore, you're probably going to get cancer. So here come the drug companies. And they say, we've got RNA nanovaccines from polyethylenamine, functionalized graphene oxide hydrogel for durable cancer immunotherapy. It's American Chemical Society, February 2021, nano letters. There's the publication. And it's like, I get it. I really, honestly, sincerely get it. It sounds insane, but I, I've got all the documentation here on my desk in front of me. If you want a copy of something, you just let me know. Hey, can I see that paper? I'll, I'll send it to you. That's what my intention is here on The Secret Teachings. I want to help you. I want to send you what I have. I, I've written three books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, self-published now. I have all the copies here in studio, or I can drop ship them to you. 
Uh, those books are jam-packed with virtually everything we talk about on this show, with the exception of like topical, updated things that come out day-to-day. People tend to love the books, and I love when people buy the books, and I love when you tell me how much you enjoyed the book. I know that that means I'm doing something right. I want you to enjoy those books just like I want you to enjoy this show. I want it to be entertaining. I want you to get something out of it. I don't want you to be scared. That's not my intention. My intention, and intentions do indeed matter, my intention is to inform you. My intention is to, to, to rev you up, to inspire you, to go read what I'm reading. Read other things. Tell me about them. Learn from me. I'll learn from you. Communicate with me. I'll communicate with you. I'll come right out and say it. If you enjoyed this show, you get something out of it, it's benefited you, it's helped you, or you just are entertained. You want to hear more of this show, and you want to support this show. Subscribe to our archive. Get access to all the shows, all the montages, all the digital books. Yearly subscribers right now still get a physical copy of one of my books. Your choice. I'll autograph it if you'd like. It's free shipping with your subscription for $50 for one year at www.thesecretteachings.info. I've also asked, you know, the hours and hours I put into uh, the example templates that I made. Not legal advice. You shouldn't submit it. And you shouldn't submit it for a lot of reasons. You shouldn't submit it. You should declare it. You should state it, but you shouldn't declare it or state it as your exemption based on federal law and and just natural law if you sincerely don't believe the things that I've put in as my opinion and based on law into those exemption templates. And I've asked people who have received those, if this is helping you, please try to support the show. Subscribe to the archive. Buy a book. Some people have, have just outright donated $10, $15. And, and um, you know, I've done better this month on radio. I've made $897. That's how much money I make off radio. I made more money this month than I made any other month, closer to 900, somewhere between 897 and 1,000. And um, it's because of listeners like you. And I don't ask enough, but please subscribe, buy a book. If you have the means, you know, and you already have a book, please donate a few dollars to the show. And I mean that with sincerity. That That's what keeps us on air. If it weren't for you, you know, I might be doing a one-hour show a week. That's it. But we can do five nights a week here on The Fringe because of your support. rdgable at yahoo.com, www.thesecretteachings.info. We know pharmaceutical companies, corporations, and governments routinely experiment on the public, from hospitals and the military to slums and insane asylums. We know they also experiment on cattle. I think those spontaneous abortions in North Dakota might have some link to mRNA therapies. Who knows? I'm not sure, but it seems to be there's at least an eerie, obscure link to the New England Journal of Medicine study finding spontaneous abortions, the fertility-regulating vaccine report from the WHO and the World Bank, and other scientists and doctors warning of the same thing from vaccines, going all the way back from the time of Edward Jenner and cowpox and smallpox. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you all for listening. I hope that you got something out of the show. I hope you appreciate the show. You should also go look up Grudge Report 13. It's in the archives from 9920. It's about cattle mutilations in the U.S. Air Force. Really interesting story. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we will talk to you on the next broadcast. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable 
at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.